Hey, Zach here, and before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to let you know that you can actually grab the recordings of our most recent Facebook and Instagram ads for List Building Bootcamp for just $25. Now, in January of 2024, we hosted a five-day live training where we walked our clients through step-by-step how to set up ads that grow their email list every single day so that they're always growing their business, always growing their audience, and always having new people to make offers to. Now, what's really great about this bootcamp is we have literally dozens of client results from it, and you can get the recordings of that most recent one from January of 2024 for just 25 bucks. All you have to do is head to theadsbootcamp.com. Again, that's theadsbootcamp.com. And you're going to learn step-by-step through how people were able to grow their list. Um, We have incredible results like Zeta, who added 67 leads to her list in just five days at $1.80 a piece, or Nora Jean, who added 62 leads for $1.12 in those five days. We have Brenda, who added over 500 people to her list over the course of a week, under $0.50 a piece. Uh, Heather Lalonde who did over 200 leads at 50 cents a piece. Amy Hughes, who added over 300 leads in a week. I mean, the list goes on and on. And those are just our January testimonials. We have even more than that, plus testimonials from the last seven times we've done this. And we would love to have you in next. So if you head over to theadsbootcamp.com, you can grab the recordings for just 25 bucks. It'll walk you step-by-step through growing your list. And in less than five days, you could have tons of new leads pouring into your list every day, semi-automated with Facebook advertising. So check it out and let's get into this week's episode. This is the Heart, Soul, and Hustle podcast, episode number 95. And on this episode, we're talking GDPR, what you need to know, what you need to do, and what you need to understand about this new law that affects everyone, including people in the US and the EU. So stay tuned. Hey there, you're listening to the Heart, Soul, and Hustle podcast. My name is Zach Spuckler, and on this show, we talk about how to go from passionate side hustler to full-time online business owner with tips, tricks, and interviews to help you take it to the next level. Let's do it. What is up, Hard Hustlers? Welcome to another episode of the Hard Soul and Hustle podcast. Now, I'm excited for this episode, even though legal isn't always the most exciting, because I've got Jenna, who is a lawyer that's going to give us some information about GDPR. And it's important to know that GDPR is a new legislation that goes into effect in the EU that affects those of us in the US as well. Now, just a disclaimer, the content of this podcast is not legal advice, but rather legal information. Jenna is a lawyer licensed in New York, but we're sharing information with you so that you can be as prepared as possible. But we have to give you the disclaimer that this is not legal advice, it's legal information. So rather than me ramble on more about what GDPR is and blah, 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 I'm going to turn it over to Jenna to give you more. Hey, Jenna, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I'm super, I don't know that excited is the word, but <laughs> but ready to learn a little bit about GDPR with you. So before we dive right into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business, and then we can get into some legal. 
Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I know it's not the most exciting topic, but it is a hot topic right now that's going to apply to probably everybody listening to this. So I am Jenna Shingle Jaffe. I am a sparkly lawyer for online entrepreneurs. I am located in the U.S., so I work with mostly clients in the U.S. I do sell DIY legal templates, and I've had people outside of the U.S. purchase those. But my main focus is people in the U.S. and also I have a one-year-old, so I've also started a mom blog. So my business has kind of changed directions a little bit in the past year with that change, but I still do focus a lot on the legal stuff. So, you know, I was telling Zach before, I try to make things informative and educational in a way that people understand it or hopefully can understand it. So hopefully that will happen here today with GDPR. Awesome. Well, then let's get into the good stuff. Can you tell us a little bit about what GDPR is? Yes. So the GDPR is, it's the General Data Protection Regulation, and it's a new privacy law that's brought forth by the EU. So this is the European Union. And look, I honestly, I didn't even know all of the member states of the European Union, but there's 28 of them. So basically, this is to protect all of those member states And it's all about how you collect and process personal data. And I'm going to define personal data for you in a minute. But it's really just a new privacy law that's making sure that the information you collect from people in the EU is staying secure. Now, this is a 250-plus page regulation. (laughs) So there are a lot of parts and fine details. And not everything is going to apply to this audience here. So I want to just give you, you a macro view so I don't overwhelm you. And then I will let you know how to get an updated privacy policy. So, you know, I'm joking that this is my best attempt at GDPR for dummies. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So let's just get into the nuts and bolts. Like, you know, we know that it's about data protection and data processing, which is a little bit confusing when you say it Mm -hmm. like that. But really, we're talking about, especially in this space, opt-ins or when people give you their personal information when they buy something from you. Yep. So what do we need to know as people in the U.S. who are trying to comply with this law in the EU? What do we need to do to be compliant with this? Yeah. So as we said, this is this privacy law that covers how you're going to be collecting, using and processing personal data. And that can be as simple as a name and an email. There's two main things that you're going to have to do. And you have to do this before May 25th. So that's when this law goes into effect. And the two main things is that you're going to need to update your privacy policy. And Zach will have a link in the show notes to how you can get an updated one from me. And the second thing is you're really going to have to update how you are getting consent from people to process their data, meaning you know, adding people to your marketing emails when people purchase things from you, something like that. This law applies to anybody who's in the EU or anyone who markets to or sells anything to anyone in the EU. So even if you have one person on your list from the EU, this applies to you. So we talked about personal data. So personal data is defined as anything that can identify a person. So a name, email, IP address, an address, credit card information, et cetera, something like that. You know, So even though most people here listening are probably in the US, as I mentioned, Because we run online businesses, there's a chance that somebody from the EU will sign up for your list, which means that you are processing their personal data. So I want to give you some examples, but I want to cover some basics first as to what processing data and all that even is. So 
you have to have a lawful basis to process somebody's data. And I'm going to tell you what those things are. So basically, three of them are going to apply to you. The one is that you need the consent of the person whose data you are collecting, if you need the data to fulfill a contract, or if there's something called a legitimate interest on your part to process this person's data. So these are the three lawful bases you have to know, consent, contract, or legitimate interest. So let's start with the first one. And consent is the biggest change that's happening here for everybody. So they define, GDPR defines consent as requiring an unambiguous affirmative action. So this basically means, let's say you have a landing page and you're marketing to EU citizens. You can no longer just collect somebody's name and email and say, by signing up, you agree to be added to my list. What you have to do is get their clear consent, meaning you need to have a little unchecked checkbox and say, if you want to be added to my list, check this box. So there's a couple of things that are happening here. When you're giving somebody a freebie, right? Like we're used to just saying, hey, sign up for my freebie. People get the freebie. Then you put them through your funnel. You add them to your marketing list. You're sending them all these emails. You can't do that anymore in most circumstances. Now, like most laws, there's some gray areas and there's some workarounds <laughs> to all of this. So I just want you to know that like consent is meaning that you need that actual checkbox, which means consent. But we're going to get to in a minute how you potentially could work around this. Now, that checkbox, as I said, must be unchecked because the law requires affirmative action. And that affirmative action would be checking that box. Now, you also cannot require someone to check the box in order to sign up for your freebie. So GDPR says that consent cannot be a precondition to service. So this is meaning that people can actually say, hey, I want your freebie but I don't want to be on your list and you have to give it to them. So people are kind of frustrated with this of saying, well, hey, like, you know, if I'm giving them the freebie, don't I get to add them to my list? Like this is the whole point of it. So this is where a little bit of semantics comes into play. So instead of saying, so, you know, under GDPR, as I said, if you say sign up to get my free checklist, you can't add them to your list. You have to give them the free checklist and let them go on their way. But and this is kind of the workaround that I've been playing with. If you say to people, hey, sign up here for my list and you'll get a free checklist, that may actually work because number one, you're telling people that they're signing up for your list. So you're getting consent for them to be on your list. You're not leading with the freebie. And two, GDPR does allow you to incentivize an opt-in meaning sign up here for my list and you get this free checklist. Sign up here for my list and you get this coupon to my store. So the balancing test here that the GDPR provides is, does this unduly penalize somebody who doesn't want to sign up for the list? So would somebody be unduly penalized if they didn't get my checklist? Probably not. So that's one little workaround that I have there for freebies because I know people were like, oh my goodness, what do I do? I want to get, you know, I want to get them on my list. So even though we've been taught in the marketing world, don't market your list, market your freebie. Under GDPR, marketing your list is going to be more compliant and saying like, hey, as a gift for signing up, you're going to get my free checklist. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's really smart because they're still taking affirmative action, but you're incentivizing the sign up to your list versus incentivizing the name and email to get a sign up to your list. Exactly. Because it's saying, hey, I would love for you to sign up for my list. Sign up here. (laughs) That's literally consenting to be getting your marketing emails. So if it's clear that they're signing up for your list and just as a bonus and a thank you, I'm going to give you my free checklist that is actually, you know, that's compliant. It seems that that will be compliant based on research. (laughs) Again, it's very gray, but it looks as though some semantics here may work in your favor. But I do want to just mention that, look, this only applies to people in the EU. So if you're marketing to people in the EU, this is what applies. If you can somehow guarantee, which I don't know if you can, that any marketing you're doing is only reaching people outside of the EU, then you don't need to worry about these semantics and you can market your freebie all you want. But I don't think that you can ever, I mean, I I don't know, maybe you can technologically, but ever really guarantee that somebody in the EU won't be signing up here or won't be, you know, getting your freebie somehow, or maybe they are at a conference in California and happen to sign up that day. So it's really about, you know, I was telling Zach, it's about how risk averse you are it's a lot of this is a risk assessment. Yeah. So that kind of covers consent. Do you have any other questions in terms of consent or want me to clarify anything? No, that's perfect. And so just to kind of clarify what we've covered up to this point is there's two really big things that we need to do to be compliant, which is number one, you need to get a GDPR compliant privacy policy in place. And the best way to do that is essentially hire a lawyer or purchase one from someone with legal expertise that gives you the ability to use it because you can't just to clarify like and and feel free to correct me Jenna but mm-hmm. you can't just go out and copy someone's GDPR compliant policy because you would be in violation of a number of different things but you can pay someone or hire a lawyer to either write one or give you a template that you're allowed to use so this is kind of one of those things where you're just going to have to bite the bullet and invest in in a privacy policy which is something that that we've done and mm-hmm. the second thing is you have to make sure that people are taking affirmative action to opt in so really knowing that you need to have a checkbox on your page Yes. So that's exactly. So you cannot copy somebody else's privacy policy. You can't copy somebody else's anything, (laughs) (laughs) privacy policy included, that is infringement. So, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that. And the difference is now with GDPR, the privacy policies are going to look very different. You've probably already been getting emails. I know I have from, you know, Instagram and Etsy and you know Google saying, hey, we've updated our privacy policy. And this, as we'll talk about, is something that You're going to want to let people know that you've updated it. And the big thing in the privacy policy, which, you know, I was going to talk about a little bit later, but I'll mention now is that anytime you're processing somebody's data. So as we mentioned, process even means just collecting. You have to lay out in your privacy policy the different ways in which you may process it. So consent is one of them. The next lawful basis that we're going to talk about is a contract. And the third one is legitimate interest. You actually have to say in your privacy policy, I may process your data if you sign up for a program through me and you sign my contract. And the lawful basis there would be contract. I may use your data to run Facebook ads. You know, I might use your IP address to locate and target you. Like You have to actually spell these things out. And the law now says in plain English as to how you're using their data. So I'll get into like the details of the privacy policy, but 
you know, so as you said, it's it's important now for updating our privacy policy because we're telling people all the different ways that we're going to process their data, whether it's by consent, whether it's because you're fulfilling a contract, whether you're running Facebook ads, whether it's legitimate interest, which I'm going to cover in a second. It's going through a really big change. So, you know, as we covered here in consent, consent is part of how you can lawfully process data. And, you know, that little checkbox is really the gold standard for getting consent. Um, but also, you have to say to somebody, you know, anytime you're collecting somebody's information now, you need to have a little line with a link that says, you know, I'm going to collect, use, and process your data according to our privacy policy and link to the privacy policy. Or you sometimes might just be able to put link to the privacy policy, but anytime you're collecting data now, the link to your privacy policy has to be right by that sign up box. So that's a new change as well because the GDPR wants people to be fully aware of how their data is going to be used. So that's a new change as well. Got so, it. yeah, so they're all, they're, they all kind of coincide. And I feel like GDPR has been a little bit of a labyrinth of, you know, we can go this way, but we can also go this way. And then we need to go this way. You know, so I'm trying to, you know, like I said, break it down as clear as possible. One, get a privacy policy. Two, figure out how you're getting the lawful basis for processing data. The first is consent. The second here is a contract. You do not need consent to fulfill a contract. So if somebody signs up for your coaching program, you don't need consent to process their data because you're going to be processing their data pursuant to the contract because you have to process their payment so that they pay for the service. You need their email so that you can send them what they paid for. So, you know, on your invoices moving forward, you don't need an additional checkbox that says I consent to the processing of my data, but you still need the checkbox that says, you know, I agree to the terms of use or your client agreement, whatever you're using there, you know, and also it's good to just include a link to the privacy policy as well, you know, but the, the client agreement, the terms of use, that's something that you should have been doing anyway, pre-GDPR. So, you know, people are at least aware of, you know, the terms of that contract. Yeah. Yeah. And you said something so key there, which is like, you should already have a privacy policy in place. So as frustrating as some of these elements of GDPR can be, you're actually kind of improving the quality of your marketing and improving the quality of your list because you're actually saying like, here's my privacy policy. I think this is going to force a lot of us to be more legally compliant than we realize we aren't. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's great for lawyers. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that like, look, it's it's great in terms of for lawyers, we try to teach the stuff, you know, as best we can. But a lot of times people don't want to hear it. And it's the law is something that people tend to shy away from because they're either scared of it or they don't understand it. Um, but what I love about GDPR is it's become so visible and it's been really great that people are finally like excited. Well, as you said, sort of excited, but to listen to what we're trying to talk about and trying to teach and, you know, as frustrating, as you said, as GDPR can be because it's making us change things. It's really great because it's stepping up your game. It's protecting your business in a bigger way and making sure that not only are you complying with your promises, but your clients are as well, because hopefully this will then incentivize people to make sure that they're getting their client agreements in place or upping their client agreement and, you know, getting that sort of protection. But it's been a, a really great opportunity to teach more. And that's one thing that I love about it because it's, there's been this bigger stage that's allowed me to kind of, you know, hopefully help people to understand a topic that people are scared and overwhelmed around. 
Yeah, I love it. So the last type of data processing is legitimate interest. Can we talk about what that means? Yes, this is another one of the of the gray areas. So marketers have been given a little bit of a carve out here in the GDPR to process data without consent, sometimes under something that they call legitimate interest. And this requires a balancing test. So there's three different parts to this balancing test. And basically, they're saying, okay, if you sign up for something, so let's say you sign up for my freebie, and I say to myself, hmm, I think that Zach, because he signed up for my freebie, he would be interested in these other things that I have to say. Does he have a legitimate interest in it? So I'd have to go through this test and it's the, it's purpose, necessity, and then a balance of the individual's interest. So is there a legitimate interest behind the processing? So what is the purpose of me processing the data? So what would be the purpose of me adding you to my marketing list? And that would be so that you can hear more about X, Y, and Z. The necessity piece is, is the processing necessary for that purpose? So is it necessary for me to put you on my list to email you about these things? So it doesn't mean that it has to be essential. It just has to be basically a proportionate way to achieve your purpose. You know, is there a less intrusive alternative? And basically like, look, when you're emailing somebody a freebie, is direct marketing as a legitimate purpose after the freebie is probably proportionate because I think that, you know, I would say, hmm, you know, there's a chance for me to opt out. I can just opt out. It's not that big a deal if somebody adds me to their list. And the third piece is, is the legitimate interest overridden by the individual's interest, rights, or freedoms? So it's basically, would somebody reasonably expect to receive marketing emails after receiving a freebie? Probably, right? As long as it's the same subject matter. And also the test here is like the balance part is when did they sign up for your list? So if they signed up for my list a year ago and now I'm suddenly sending them, you know, marketing emails for something new, maybe that would be okay, but probably not. You know, it's more so, okay, I signed up for your list a week ago. You're in my funnel getting these marketing emails. That right there, I think would be okay. Because again, they can, people can just opt out. So legitimate interest is really about how risk tolerant are you? And a lot of GDPR actually kind of is, you know, it's about saying, okay, how would I feel if I received follow-up marketing from this person? And also, how are you receiving it? I probably wouldn't feel comfortable if people kept calling me, but if they were sending me an email, you know, once, twice a week where I have the ability to opt out, I personally would be okay with that. Because again, it's reasonable to assume that I would receive further emails from somebody after getting the freebie. So even though, you know, in the beginning of this, I said, you can't add somebody to your email if you're marketing a freebie. Remember, number one, we can say instead, let's market our list. Or number two, we can rely on legitimate interest to say, well, I felt as though you'd have a legitimate interest in learning more about my coaching program. So again, it really depends on your, on your risk tolerance and legitimate interest. It's really, it's up to you to prove that it was okay to send these further emails. So you have to kind of keep notes of, okay, well, I mean, and, and your email list should be able to do this for you of, you know, Zach signed up for my list on May 
the first and on May the 3rd, I sent him this. And on May the 4th, I sent him this and, you know, yada, yada. So you should have all that information to be able to say like, Hey, you know, he agreed to sign up for my list. He clicked on this link here. It really is about making sure that you're keeping track of when people signed up and how they signed up. So, you know, most of the big newsletter providers, I'm sure, I mean, I don't know if I can say all of them, but do this and have the ability to do this. Got it. So we've got consent, contract, and legitimate interest. Now, there's one more thing that I want to touch on, which is going forward, what do we do with the existing people on our email list that may be based in the EU? Can we Mm -hmm. just keep emailing them since it happened before May 25th, or is there something we have to do? So, no, anybody on your list that's in the EU, you actually have to run like a re-engagement campaign of sorts because you now have to get their consent to remain on your list. Because remember, even storing their data after May 25th is considered processing their data. And because this is a big change, whenever there's like a material change to a contractor, such as a privacy policy, you do need to let people know. And they're now saying under GDPR, you actually have to get fresh consent. So you can have an email that goes out to only people in the EU on your list just to say, I mean, and you can do this with everyone. I actually did this with everyone because I want people on my list who really want to be there and are going to be engaged with me that just says, you know, you can say something like, hey, like, I'm so excited you're here. It's been amazing. I hope I've provided you with a lot of value. You know, I'm complying with GDPR, which requires me to make sure that you still want to stay on my list. I mean, you might not even need to mention GDPR. I'm not 100% positive on that. I don't think you do because you just have to say to people, hey, I really want to stay on your list and I consent to getting emails moving forward. And they can click a link and that right there keeps them on your list. If you want to let them know why you're doing this, you can mention GDPR just to say like, hey, this is the new law. You do want to give them a new link to your privacy policy though because you want them to see, hey, I have a new privacy policy. You can check it out here. That's going to tell you how I'm going to be using your data, you can say your email, your name, you know, whatever information you have on them. And this has to be done by May 24th. Because again, as I said, even if you delete somebody's information on May 25th, that's considered processing. (laughs) So anybody in the EU that does not consent, you have to delete them from your list by May 24th. Got it. And again, I think it's worth noting here that like, There's no one like sitting here watching your pages or watching your data that's like going to go on May 25th, like, (laughs) oh my gosh, you didn't comply. You're in trouble. Can you talk just a little bit? And this is always the scary part, but can you just talk a little bit about what the penalties are and why we talked a little bit about this before we hit record, but why Mm -hmm. it's, it's not really as volatile as it feels. (laughs) Yeah. No, look, this law it's called a regulation, but we're going to call it a law. It's a little easier for people to understand. This law applies to everyone, right? Pretty much. But it's not meant to go after small businesses so much. It, we need to be compliant, of course, absolutely 100%. But in my personal opinion, you know, this isn't about going after the mom and pop shops. This isn't about going after these solopreneurs. I personally believe that what's going to happen if, you know, if somebody were to get reported, I think it's going to be a disgruntled client. 
I think it's going to be, you know, other people in the industry that says, hey, I'm complying with this. I send up for your list. Now I'm getting all these emails from you. I didn't consent to that. I'm going to report you to, you know, the authorities, the ICO, you know, the commissioner's office in the EU. In, like I said, in my opinion, I think that's going to ha- how it's going to go down. Now, the penalties are fines. Yeah, and you c- you're going to be fined based on, you know, a percentage of your profit, which is never fun. <laughs> you know, it's, ne- it's never a good thing. So, you know, I'm not telling you that, oh, hey, the, you know, there's, you're probably not going to come after you, so don't worry about complying. No, absolutely comply. Because I think that because the people in the EU have to comply with anyone and everyone in the world, I think that they're going to be much more knowledgeable, much more cautious, and much more aware of what everybody else is doing. So, you know, I would just, you know, like I said, be cautious. I'm a lawyer. I'm always about telling people how to be the safest that they can be. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it's it's a new legislation where it's a lot of gray. So it's not like someone's going to report you and suddenly you're going to get hit with a fine. You're going to have the opportunity to say, look, I thought I had legitimate interest or here's what I am doing to be compliant. And it's not designed to take down small businesses. There's much bigger fish to fry out there. Right. But do understand that saying, oh, I didn't know that is not an argument. Mm-hmm. It's not a valid argument under the law. You can't say, oh, well, I didn't know. Yeah. Because it doesn't, that doesn't matter. It's just, it's not an argument. So, I mean, you can, you, you know, like, let's say, for example, you were, somebody reported you because you put them on your list and you thought it was under legitimate interest. You'll have the opportunity to say, hey, this person signed up on this date. They received this. I sent them this on this date and this and this and this. They were the same subject matter. They had the option to opt out. They were aware of my privacy policy. You know, if you can show these steps, you know, that's really what they want you to be able to do. So 1 million percent get the updated privacy policy. You know, that's really going to be something that's going to protect you big time. You know, and then and then figure out kind of what you want to do in terms of, you know, processing people's data. If it's under consent, legitimate interest, if it's under a contract, you know, there's different things and different ways that you can do that. And again, it's really about how risk tolerant you are. But I do want to give you a few ideas and examples of what you can do to grow your list moving forward. Perfect. Um, Let's do it. Great. So there's going to be a couple of options. And it's again, it's based on, you know, how strongly do you want to move forward here with GDPR and show that you're complying? Again, I've always got to encourage that when you're collecting people's data. So let's say we're signing up for a list and I have to put my name and my email in. So on the opt in page, I can put a little checkbox that says I consent to be added to your list, right? And then I have my link to my privacy policy. Great. Now, if somebody does not check that box, you cannot add them to your list. So that can be a problem, obviously, because you want to have these people on your list. And also, if people in the U.S. are coming to your landing page and they don't check that box, they wouldn't be added to your list. So like if you're giving your freebie and they don't check that box, then they can't be added to your list because it would probably automatically segment them into don't add them to my list. So that option I don't fully love because you're going to miss out on people, but it's a way to show that you're truly complying with everyone and anybody, no matter where they're located. Another option on the opt-in page would be a drop-down menu that can say, you can have two options. One is I consent to being on your list, yes or no. And you can make that required that they have to answer the question so that at least then and there, they're not just accidentally missing to check that box. 
So you can say like, you know, I want to be added to the list, yes or no. But again, they can hit no. So that would be a potential issue. The third option that I was kind of thinking about, and, you know, I haven't seen this before, but on your opt-in page, you can say, and this can be a required question, are you in the EU? And it would be yes or no. So if people answer, are you in the EU? If they say yes, they get segmented into a different list. If they say no, you're in the clear, most likely. You know, you would hope that they weren't lying, but you know, but you can then prove that they said no to you. And then they would go into your list of people, hey, I can continue to email these people. So that's the first option for what you can potentially do to grow your list on your opt-in page. Now, if you don't want to deal with any of this on your opt-in page, Now, remember, you always have to have a link to your privacy policy where you're collecting people's personal data So, because they have to read that. So always, always, always have that there. But these options here, we're going to play around on another page. So we don't miss out on anybody because, as I said, you might miss out on people in the U.S., Canada, or Australia, wherever. On your thank you page or on your squeeze page that you have, you can be like, I'm so excited that you signed up to receive my free checklist If you want to continue to receive emails from me, click here. Now, again, in this option, it's it's like in their face. They have to, and it can also be a, you have to pick one of these options before you get the freebie. You can be like, yes or no. Like, hey, you're going to get your freebie in your inbox in a minute. You know, before you get that, please let us know, would you like to receive more emails? And then a yes or a no. Because remember, you can't make them. You cannot force somebody to be added to your list in order to get your freebie. So they can click no, but you are giving people the option and you are making them answer a question. So hopefully in that case, they wouldn't be missing out on checking a box or something like that. But again, none of these are my favorite because you're, you're going to miss out on people who are outside of the EU. But I just want you to know these different options here. Okay. The last option here is when you actually deliver the freebie or the training or the content or whatever it is. So you can segment your list. Most, um, you know, newsletter providers will allow you to do this. I'm only familiar with Entreport and they allow you to do this. That when somebody signs up for something, it will locate their IP address. And based on their IP address, you can figure out if they're in the EU or not. So the beautiful thing is, is that, you know, you can have them once they, you know, get the freebie, or once they sign up before the email goes out to them for the freebie, have two segments of your list. One is for people in the EU, and one is for people outside of the EU. And then the people who are outside of the EU would get your freebie, and then they would automatically get all the rest of your funnel. The people that are in the EU would get the freebie, and on that email would also say, hey, I'm so excited that you're here. I would love to send you further, you know, freebies, checklists, offers, blah, 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 whatever. Like, you know, if you'd like to receive more from me, click here. And if they click there, that is the affirmative consent you need to continue to market to them and add them to your list. That to me is more of my favorite option because you're not missing out on as many people. I love it. So we've got a ton of different options. The reality is we just have to make sure if you're in the EU that you have permission to send the emails or you have legitimate interest that you'd be able to show in the event that you got reported or for some reason, uh, the ICO asked you about it. 
right? Yeah, this is, and look, like I said, this is, this can be a little confusing. There's a lot of, I, I know that I, I just threw out a ton of information, but I wanted to give people options of different ways that they can comply based on number one, your own risk tolerance, number two, how tech savvy you are, <laughs> um, you know, and number three, just based on your, on your understanding and your marketing. But look, in some ways, I love this because the people who really want to be on your list are the people who are now going to be there and numbers don't matter. It's engagement that matters. So, you know, think of this as just a really awesome way to to spruce up your list and to re-engage with them and to kind of reinvent your list and reinvent yourself with people who want to be there, who are jazzed about what you have to offer, that know that you are making sure that their data is safe and secure. I love it. Well, I think that's everything, right, Jenna? There's one more piece of, yeah, I know this is a lot. (laughs) No, that's okay. So I just wanted to just briefly touch upon updating your privacy policy. Now, like I said, I don't recommend people draft it themselves, but I want to just cover a few points that go into a privacy policy that people might not completely understand. So in these new updated privacy policies, you're going to see information about a data controller. Okay, and a data controller means somebody who's collecting information from someone. So that would be you and me. We are now considered data controllers because we're collecting this information. We get to control whether we retain it or we delete it. You're also going to see something called a data processor. A data processor is going to be somebody like your MailChimps, your PayPal, you know, your newsletter providers, your payment processors. You know, it's going to be these third parties who are actually taking the data and doing something with it. You need to make sure that your data processors are compliant with GDPR. Now, if you're working with a big company, if you're working with an entreport, an Infusionsoft, a MailChimp, a PayPal, they're going to be GDPR compliant. They are. You know, so that's a good thing that you can check. So you you do want to make sure that they are. They will have in their updated privacy policy that they are GDPR compliant. You can Google it and figure, you know, figure that thing out as well. Now, if you, there's another piece here that can be a little bit confusing. There's somebody called a GDPR representative. Not everybody's going to need one. If you have, well, the GDPR is now saying more than occasional contact with people in the EU, and they do not define what occasional means. You have to have someone called a GDPR representative. And if you have an LLC or a corporation, you probably know what a registered agent is. And it's basically somebody who can receive service of process or documents from you. Um, you know, if, if somebody were to sue you or if they were sending you some sort of legal information, they can go through a registered agent. That's what a GDPR representative is. It's somebody in the EU that can receive notifications on your behalf, such as a complaint. If you're emailing people now, again, quote unquote, occasionally, you do not need one. It's not defined as to what occasionally, you know, but if you're emailing people every day in the EU or if your entire clientele or a majority of your clientele is in the EU, you're going to need to look into a GDPR representative. So again, I don't want to scare you. I don't want to overwhelm you, (laughs) but I wanted to define, you know, these little things here. And then one more piece I wanted to mention, and this is going to be in the privacy policy, is that people have the option to request that you delete their data at any time. 
and you must comply with this. You have to actually delete everything unless you can lawfully keep it, like say, you know, for tax purposes or to fulfill a contract. But if I say to you, if I email you, Zach, and I'm like, hey, I don't want to be on your list anymore. You actually have to remove me fully from your list and you can't save any data from me. So in your privacy policy, there will be this information for people and you are going to have to comply with that. Even now, if the people aren't outside of the EU because it's going to be in your privacy policy. So I do want you to just be be fully aware of that piece. Awesome. So for those of you that are listening and, and feeling like that's a lot of information, I think it's safe to say like it, it is a lot of information, but it's worth <laughs> it's worth looking into and it's worth understanding. And the nice thing is, Jenna, you've covered a lot of the important stuff. You've covered what actions we need to take. You've covered un- what understanding we need to have. And you can easily listen to this episode on demand as many times as you need to to fully <laughs> get it, which is the benefit of technology. So Jenna, are there any closing thoughts or anything else about GDPR that you'd like to mention before we wrap up? Yeah, I just want to say, you know, so, you know, I know that GDPR can seem overwhelming. It is a lot and it does seem like a lot. But when you break it down into these little action steps of one, update your privacy policy. And because you're not going to be doing this on your own, you can just check that off the list when you get one. (laughs) And number two, you know, updating how you are getting consent from people. That's how you're processing their data, figuring out whether it's under a contract, whether consent, whether it's legitimate interest. You know, that's really these are the big things that you need to know. And that's, you know, that hopefully when you can just look at it that way, you know, it's really not that much. Like I said, this is a 250 plus page regulation. So there's a whole lot I didn't cover. But these are the big things that your audience, everyone listening here should just be aware of. So hopefully you feel a whole lot better about it, (laughs) you know, strapped with with knowledge and feel empowered to become GDPR compliant. And, you know, you can easily just get the privacy policy through the link that Zach provides or another online, you know, lawyer who can help you with that. So hopefully this was helpful and not too scary. (laughs) No. Awesome. Well, I I think it's incredibly helpful. And Jenna, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. And guys, again, we will link up that privacy policy that Jenna has that you can purchase. Uh, We'll have that in the show notes over at heartsoulhustle.com forward slash 95. Again, it's heartsoulhustle.com forward slash nine five and we'll have a link for you there full disclosure i am an affiliate for jenna's privacy policy but we'll also have a link there that's non-privacy policy because seriously it is it is that important that you get it if you don't want me to get a commission that's fine you still need to go out there and get a privacy (laughs) policy so jenna thank you again for being on thank you for having me so I know that episode was long. I just want to encourage you to know that, look, GDPR is a lot. If you're feeling a little overwhelmed, that's okay. Like I said during the interview, you can pause, fast forward, rewind, and re-record this interview as many times as you need to, but you really do need to get an updated privacy policy in place. Again, we'll have it over at heartsoulhustle.com forward slash 95. I am an affiliate for Jenna's privacy policy, but we'll also link it up as a non-affiliate link because look, Whether you want to give me the affiliate credit or not, you need to get a new privacy policy in place. You also need to make sure that you get those checkboxes updated on your opt-in pages. And then the third really important thing that I want you to take away from this interview is that you need to get consent reconfirmed to the people on your email list from the EU. So if you take three big action steps away from this episode, it should be those. So 
get out there, re-listen to this episode, get as comfortable as you can, and just know that, look, everybody out there is learning about this law just like you. It can feel scary, it can feel daunting, but you are not alone and you've got this. Until next time, keep hustling. Thanks for listening to the Heart, Soul, and Hustle podcast. For more great stuff, be sure to visit heartsoulhustle.com.